Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Well, welcome back to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are, where we take on some of the topics of the day and uh, hopefully explain things and discuss them in a way that makes sense to, to our audience. I'm joined again by our co-host. Welcome, Sean. Great to see you. Thank you, Tony. Great to see you. And lucky us, a special guest today, Carlos Kazee. Hello, Carlos. Welcome aboard. And if you could introduce yourself to the audience, we'd appreciate it. Thank you, and the fortune is mine to be with the two of you. Thank you for what you all are doing uh, with the podcast. I'm uh, Carlos Gazi. I'm uh, the Senior Vice President for Stakeholder Engagement Operations at the Center for Internet Security, and I am pleased as punch to be here with you today. Yeah, it's great to have you, Carlos, and we're really excited about the topic today. We're, we're doing a little sort of introductory or warm-up here uh, for the upcoming multi-state ISAC uh, annual meeting, uh, annual meeting, which hasn't been held in the last few years uh, for the obvious uh, social reasons. And so we're really excited to get back to it. And Sean, and I wanted to catch you and talk a little bit about uh, what you see uh, and what you're looking forward to here. Sean, you want to warm us up here with a, a little opening about what, what Carlos is going to be looking for? Yeah, definitely. So Carlos, one of the things that um, obviously we try to do is uh, outreach to the SLTT community. And I don't think there's a better venue than this annual meeting. I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on what this annual meeting actually means and uh, you know how it's representative of what we're trying to provide the SLTT community. Oh, I think it's a great question. Uh, the, uh, this is the 15th annual meeting uh, for the MSISAC and the Elections Infrastructure ISAC. And it is a dual ISAC meeting. Uh, that makes us a little bit different than most other ISACs. We're you know, uh, we have the family together uh, in, in one ISAC environment. This gives our members a unique opportunity to come together and to collaborate and to have access to not only one another, but also to uh, product owners and, and uh, key people at the Center of Internet Security uh, regarding what they are aware of, adopting, using. It's a great opportunity for them to share best practices, to ask questions, not only of CIS staff, but also of one another, and to just uh, be able to acquire better knowledge about what's available to them uh, and to learn from what their peers are doing, and to also learn to not make some of the mistakes that their peers have made. So we're looking forward to it. We're very, very sorry that we weren't able to do this because of COVID in the last two years, and we've got some pent-up uh, you know, eagerness on the part of, of, of our members who have told us we absolutely must do this this year. Well, it's, that's very exciting, Carlos. Carlos, I, I don't know if I shared with you an anecdote, but I was a featured speaker at the multi-state ISAC meeting. I can't remember how many years ago. It was probably in the first handful uh, when Will Pelgrin was the, the man in charge. And he invited me to come out. And I had only a vague uh, notion of what the ISAC was about. I came and gave a talk about what was happening at the sort of national uh, defense uh, security level. And I was really struck by the that personality of the crowd, right? That gathering. I, 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 and I mean this very respectfully. I thought of it as sort of the gathering of the lonely faithful. 
you know, the, the poor understaffed, under-resourced folks who were so eager to come together, share ideas, and to hear what was going on. And it really struck me like a bolt because you know, I came from a big federal agency where we'd whine about, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And I'm talking to people who had literally thousands, I mean, handfuls of thousands to train an entire team for a year. And so that personality really jumped out at me and it really shaped the way. And I, I never suspected I'd wind up kind of back in the, you know, back at the Center for Internet Security as part of this. But that, that really struck me. Any, any reflection, more reflection about the, the kind of the, the cult, common culture that comes out in this gathering or the things that are really you see in common across this community? Well, Tony, my background is similar to yours. I, I come from a defense background, and I, I actually uh, work with the Defense Security Information Exchange. We built out the National Defense ISAC, and then the Retail and Hospitality ISAC was my last position before coming here. The culture is different. The confidence of people in the SLTT community is exceptionally high. The capacity in terms of staff strength and, and budget also is remarkably lower, unfortunately, because generally, you know, the resources for cybersecurity have to come from taxpayer revenue and, uh, and, and things of that nature. And so what I think we tend to have is a culture of collaboration, a culture where people are not only willing, uh, but see, you know, great value and importance and necessity in coming together and learning from one another. So that makes the annual meeting prime time. It makes our working group activities and the things that we do, the other collaborative activities that we do, our webinars and our web events also, prime time for them because they're learning from one another. And, and it's, not, it's one thing to learn about uh, cloud adoption or about zero trust. It's another thing to learn from your peers, what they're doing, how they've implemented it, why they've implemented it that way, that type of thing. So it's a, just a great opportunity for that, for this community. Yeah, you you nailed what I observed at that time and have observed ever since. It's not a lack of competence. It's the resources, the capability, the, you know, the ability, inability to scale. And that people who, who tend to stay in you know, public service, whatever level of government, and you know, we've, you and I have met many noble folks who've dedicated their lives to this. It's not a lack of desire or competence. It's about, you know, can they put the resources together? And this idea of learning from those who've who've done this, right, who are similarly situated, is a really big idea that I think, um, you know, the, the event really makes happen. Well, Tony, let me just say this. Uh, I'm really, really proud of the agenda for, for this event. I'm proud of how we built it out. We reached out to a number of people in the SLTT community. Uh, we asked them, what matters most to you? Uh, you know, and we had some awesome, awesome responses about here's what uh, – is critical of critical importance to me. Here's what I really need to see and hear. We've focused on some of those topics in webinar series that, that we've brought, put forward, and a lot of those topics are being showcased in our annual meeting. And just about every session that our members will attend in the annual meeting, they're going to hear from a peer practitioner sharing their journey, and they're going to hear from subject matter experts sharing what you need to know, uh, the landscape of, of that particular area. We, we have also bifurcated our agenda. We have uh, plenary sessions where everyone comes together, some great topics in those plenary sessions. And then we also have discussion sessions, breakout sessions where in smaller groups, you're able to talk, everyone's able to talk and share perspectives and thoughts and lessons learned, lessons learning. 
and uh, the, as a group to explore best practices. I think it's a dynamic agenda, lots of opportunity for collaboration, lots of great opportunity for networking. Great stuff, Carlos. Uh, can you give us uh, some of the numbers? What, what, what kind of uh, attendance are we looking at here? So our ISAC is 13,600 members right now and growing. Uh, we have approximately 700 people attending this event. Uh, and um, much of the, the, the limitation for that, our registration is currently closed, unfortunately. Much of that is based on the limitation for the venue uh, that, that we're at in Baltimore. Gotcha. Uh, next year, we're looking at a larger venue because we anticipate there will be even greater interest in coming uh, to the event, and we want to have as broad an event as we can and hopefully almost double the number of people who will be able to attend. Carlos, wanted to uh, just review a uh, couple elements, re really a two-parter. One, uh, you know, what does it take to put something like this together? And I know, obviously, we've we've grown as an organization, but also then the membership has grown and we have to adjust our capability to match. But then also, secondarily, is for the attendees. And uh, Tony is going to be there um, actually doing some podcasting uh, for us for this episode, which is going to be fantastic. But also for the attendees from CIS, I think there's, uh, you know, some benefits because one of the, I think the most important points is that face-to-face. -face. I don't think, you, you know, we, we can't get that in the last few years. We've now changed that and we're now able to represent and be present with one another. And I think that's going to be a breath of fresh air, as it were, for, for a lot in the community. And I can also imagine a motivation for many wanting the annual meeting to come back. So, you know, what advice do you then have for our own workforce to engage and to, to now be representative of the organization and what we're trying to do uh, as a team? I think one of the core values, Sean, of, of an ISAC for its members is the ISAC gives focus, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of threat activity out there, but what's targeting, targeting SLTT? Um, so that similarly, for CIS staff to come to an annual meeting, we get an opportunity to hear directly from them what matters most to them. What are their key and core concerns that we should prioritize and, and should be focused on? Whether we're on a stakeholder engagement side where we're servicing their accounts and, and managing relationships with them, or whether we you know, are implementing and developing a, a product, better understanding their requirements. It's all, I think, focused on um, the member's experience and our interaction with the member so that one, we can understand what matters most to them. And two, we can also create opportunities for them to, you know, have the value of being able to collaborate with their peers uh, and know where to go and what to do to get what they, the, the, the most of what they need. One of the key things that I think that's going to be very, very helpful is we've created um, at this uh, annual meeting a service area where um, members can come in, can sit down and talk uh, about what capabilities and products and services of the ISAC and of CIS they're using, where they are in their maturity, and what, um, what might be their next step, what else they, that they should do. We're talking to people who have taken the nationwide cybersecurity review, understanding, you know, helping them understand their data and to understand what happens next. This is giving them a great opportunity to kind of plan their roadmap and prioritize and to be aware and also to adopt additional services and, and capabilities and, and products of value to them. But it's giving the CIS staff an opportunity to hear firsthand what their requirements are, what their perspectives are, what their barriers and impediments are possibly to adopting uh, capabilities and services. So we can go back and tool 
our products or our delivery of those products better. Fantastic. That makes total sense, Cass. I just want to, uh, again, one of the things I want to highlight here is the opportunity internally. What my uh, Stephanie Guest, the Director of Governance, Risk and Compliance, who works for me, has an opportunity, wanted to do a talk. Okay, let's see what we can do to make that work. And it's so, I just think, empowering and allows us to not only portray ourselves. And one of the things myself and Tony often talk about is CIS is not just providing advice, we're living it. And to be able to have that type of experience as well and provide those lessons learned is a great opportunity. So again, wanted to thank you and all of the staff putting this together for this event. Is uh, It is a phenomenal task, a humongous task in terms of uh, coordination, scheduling, uh, and just some great work. And uh, again, I just think the team, the events management team, your team have just put together such a curated process, it seems. Every minute is jam-packed full of, with as much information, as much collaboration as possible. Uh, and that just doesn't happen, right? That there's a lot of curation, a lot of management. So thank you to you and your team, Carlos. It's amazing. Yeah, well said, John. Well, there's a lot of people. I'm sorry, Tony. There's a lot of people behind that. Like you mentioned, the events team, uh, a lot of marketing work that has to be done and procurement and you know, the contracting of the venue. There's a, a large number of people. and not the least of which the team of folks uh, who have focused on the agenda and are also have focused on coordinating with speakers and presenters for just a high quality event. Uh, my perspective of this event, if, if, if we have a goal, uh, the, the bullseye of the goal for a successful event is the agenda. So I really, really credit those people who are speaking, who are on the agenda. Tony's on the agenda as an MC as well. Uh, at, at speaking. So we're just very, very appreciative. It's an all of CIS effort. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that really resonates, uh, you know, when you talk about the planning, right? You know, we, we, we talk about CIS, even the title of this podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. You know, we're not some giant corporation or a you know distant think tank, right? This this is a very personal thing for us. And we're, uh, the, the opportunity to, to meet, to learn, to, you know, to serve is a really uh, important part of our culture. And I think you know, we've grown, we've grown a lot too as a company. And so we get a lot of opportunity now to put sort of new people out there, right, to become the face of CIS and to, again, learn and serve at the same time. So we're really excited, Carlos. We appreciate the, the time. Now, so uh, this, you know, we're recording this before the event. Uh, we'll, we'll do some recording on site. And, uh, you know, if you're open to it, we'll, we'll invite you back and maybe we'll talk a little bit about how it went. Okay, we talked a little bit about what we expect and what we remembered about the uh, multi-state ISAC conference in the past, but here we are on site. We're going to take a little time and talk to a couple of the attendees about what they're seeing and what their interests, maybe a little bit about their past experience at this conference. Uh, first up is Arnold Kishi, who's also the chairman of the multi-state ISAC executive committee. Hi, my name is Arnold Kishi. I'm the chair of the MS ISAC executive committee. And I'm honored to be in that position. I started way back in 2004 when the organization was first put together by Will Pelgrin, who had a grand vision as to what this organization could be. And since 2004, it's grown, expanded, and ex created a lot of excitement in the field of cybersecurity. And way back in the beginning, it was an area of interest and uh, not much discussion, and since then, of course, we all know that cybersecurity has become part of the common conversation of emerging threats and you know, national and global political 
a dissension. And so cybersecurity is pretty much uh, our everyday activity today. And it wasn't way back in 2004. So I'm glad that I've been part of that journey. And uh, I think I look forward to the organization continue to grow and thrive. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the, that first meeting or two in the early days when you're getting together. Sure, I think uh, it, it was a small group. I, I think uh, there were maybe a dozen, couple dozen people who, who came together and said, well, it, they had a smaller group uh, collaborating and sharing information back then, but they thought this extending it to more states and perhaps all the states would be a much more effective information sharing mechanism. So I think there was excitement that they had, this had potential, but I don't think uh, people at that point realized that we were starting something that would become much larger, which has been a great opportunity for oh, us. Yes. Yeah, I mean, from a couple handfuls of people, right, to what, 14,000 members and a ballroom full of attendees. What a contrast that must be for you. Right, and uh, it, the organization grew uh, a bit, one state at a time, and it grew. Uh, gradually and until we hit the 50th state and by that time we realized that uh, including other parts of government, local government, cities and counties would add a different dimension and provide much more supporting information that would make this uh, area much more successful. So then at that point uh, the growth started to be exponential in terms of uh, uh, members joining at a, on a weekly basis and uh, as you said uh, it's uh, 13, 14,000 members today, and that's a number we had not imagined oh, back then. Yes, yes, classic network effect. So you've been to so many of these things. What brings you back? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm someone who's always interested in building things and, and following up on, on great ideas. And this is one of those that I've uh, put in a lot of time, invested a bunch of my energy, and I thought, and I, I see what it has developed into. That, uh, uh, my little contribution to this big effort uh, uh, is something I believe I can continue to do. So I've been to every annual meeting and uh, I, I've been on the executive board since about 2006. So that's been a long, long time for me. And uh, at this point, uh, I hope that others uh, behind me who uh, provide leadership and energy will continue to push this forward. No, it's a wonderful event and a great gathering of you know, energy and learning and sharing. So thanks very much. And you know, you're you're very humble about your contribution to it. I know you're one of the, the sort of senior deans here. Of the, of the well, Tony, thanks. You're so kind. Pleasure. Thanks so much. We also took a few minutes to talk to Dustin Stark, who's the director of IT for the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, the third largest federally recognized tribe in the United States. I've been to quite a few uh, annual meetings, and uh, I learn something every time. Uh, it's great to see what states, locals, tribes, and territories are doing. Uh, I get to connect with my peers, and the experience is something uh, that I always remember. The people I meet uh, are, are relationships that I tend to you know, keep, keep touch with and, and grow. Um, I've learned more about the mature, relative maturity of organization from this uh, than I have at any other conference, and uh, you know, it's something that I look forward to every year. So we've had like a two-year break with these, you know, through the COVID times. What did you miss most about this? I, I miss connecting with the people. Um, the to get to the network with peers and, and meet new people that have similar problems to me is, is something that's just really rare. Um, I think that organizations don't get together and share their their common their common challenges and, the, and opportunities where they can be successful enough. 
and uh, to hear from others beyond just thinking about what's in your, your sphere of influence is a good thing. You know, what I find is sometimes it takes a special event, like you wind up traveling farther to meet with someone than you would meet with your neighbor because you're both so busy in your day-to-day -day job. So having an occasion, I think, sometimes helps that conversation. Is that true for you? It does. I think it, it helps when, when you see the people that you know, it helps really kind of rejuvenate that relationship, drive up the conversation, and you get you get a bit of an increased communication flow after the meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I've often found myself traveling, you know, thousands of miles to meet with people that live, you know, tens or hundreds of miles away. Wow. Yeah, but you know, as, as you hinted in there, what you're doing is you're starting a conversation, right? Reminding each other from far away what you have in common, and that gives you sort of an excuse to take some action and get back. Trust. Absolutely, it, it's hard to put uh, you know the value on the importance of face to face. When you're face to face, it's more real, it's more connected, more, more connection than just uh, a list serve or a, a conference call. Um, being around people, interacting, uh, it's natural. You're more engaged, and you're, you're going to learn something every time. You oh my gosh! And we're all burned out on WebEx, Teams, Zoom, and every other thing there. So yes, it is actually great to meet people and to be have a mix of work and social activity too, right? So you get to chat with people and formal, fun kind of a way also, that's part of it, I'm sure. Absolutely, you get to learn, you get to learn the person and uh, when, when you when you see them kind of outside of the, the typical um, industry representation of this organization and what I do, you can understand that, you know, that they have opportunities, they have gaps, that we're all working on the same things. People tend to put their guard down, um, be a bit more sharing, be a bit more collaborative, and uh, it just it just broadens and deepens the relationship in ways that you just couldn't do otherwise. No, that's wonderfully said, because that's right. Developing that trust is about finding what you have in common, right? The, the challenges and a little bit of you know griping about the boss and the budget and all those kinds of things and doing it in a safe place where people can share that kind of stuff and learn from it. I agree. Um, there's so many commonalities in this SLTT organizations that um, you know, we need to understand that, organize that, and do what we can to help each other. Right. Super. Thanks very much, Doug. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Okay, we're back home after the combined conference of the multi-state ISAC and the election infrastructure ISAC, a first of ever in the history of uh, ISACs as well as in the history of the Center for Internet Security. And we had a little chance to uh, talk to a couple of folks while we're out there, Arnold Kishi and uh, Dustin Stark. And it's just a sample of the many, many interesting people that were out there by the hundreds. Uh, a lot of great activity, a lot of great energy, a lot of sharing of ideas, lessons learned, and a chance for our friends in state, local, tribal, territorial governments to get together and to learn from each other. And that's really what that event is all about. So uh, I hope you have the date saved for next year. We'll be back with the uh, conference for next year. It'll be a combined event just like this one. And, um, you know, the kind of thing that it's impossible to replace uh, electronically, this this contact with human beings, the sharing of ideas, this finding a common ground. So thanks very much. We're wrapping up this episode of the podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are, and we'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.